0: So let's turn in the Word to uh, James, Chapter Three. And this is a Believers' Meeting, November twenty fourth, twenty eighteen. And today we're going to talk about. Any ideas from James 3, what we're going to talk about, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Does it matter what you say? <laughs> so, I know this this may not be entirely new for everybody, but it's going to be a refresher, and I believe that we'll, uh, you know, get some more insight into this today. Amen? So, verse 1 says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Now the word masters here is referring to a teacher or an instructor. And, and he's saying, don't everybody just rush out to be a teacher uh, because it carries a lot of responsibility. So uh, teaching is not about look at me at what I know. It's about responsibility. When we teach people properly from the word, when we rightly divide the word and it helps people and it you know, brings them up, then we're gonna be rewarded for that. But if we don't teach people according to the word and we mislead them and, and it takes them down, then we're gonna be held responsible and accountable for that as well. So it's all about responsibility really And for those that teach, we have more responsibility than other people do. So verse 2 says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now the word perfect here means complete, mature, and fully developed. Doesn't mean perfect like you never make a mistake. He says here, in many things we offend all, so it's, it's possible for all of us to miss it in what we say. But he says, if, if, if you don't miss it in what you say, you are a fully developed, mature believer. So what you say and how you talk is an indicator of your spiritual maturity level. We're we're fully developed and mature believers if we don't miss it in what we say. Now that sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? You know, I mean we think it's hard boy, is it hard to be, you know, a, a Christian or whatever. Is it hard to do this? No, all we gotta do is just watch this hole underneath our nose. Verse three Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things, behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. So he gives us several examples here uh, of what our tongue is like. He says it's like a bit in a horse's mouth, and this small little piece of metal in a horse's mouth, you can turn a huge horse and control its entire body just with a little piece of metal in its mouth. He says uh, uh, the, the small little rudder on a, a, a huge uh, cruise liner, it can turn that entire cruise liner around any, anywhere you want it to go, even in the midst of fierce winds and storms. And, and then he goes on to say, you know, how tiny a match is. Just one little spark can burn down an entire forest. So, um, so if something as small as your tongue can bring destruction into your life, it can also bring, bring blessings into your life. It's kind of like the snowball effect. You know, it it just starts out as something small in your hand. But every time you roll it in the snow, it accumulates more and more snow, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's the way it is with with our mouth and our words. So people who don't know God and Christians who don't understand the principles of faith and how God works... You know, they they might say something like, well, why didn't God just do this? Why didn't he just change this? Well, he's given us authority on the earth. Psalm 115 says, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. God created this planet, and he turned it over to a man. And Adam turned it over to the devil. The devil wrecked it. Jesus came back and uh, took it back from Satan and now he's given it to us, the body of Christ. We are the ones with authority and dominion in the earth and what we say authorizes God to get involved or what we say authorizes the devil to get involved with the curse and sickness and all that. So, you know, most Christians don't believe this, and the reason you know it is because you you listen to the way they talk and what they say. Most people, they, they don't believe that what they say has anything to do with what's going on in their lives and what's going on around them, on a personal level or, level, or even on a national level. So, you know, if they really believed that what they said could could turn their symptoms in their bodies away, or, or turn their finances around on the increase, or turn their marriage or their kids around, they would be doing it. If they really believed it, they would be doing it. So, uh, you know, Christians that are saying, why doesn't God do something about this? And God's up there saying why don't you open your mouth and do something about it you know because we're the ones down here you know god cannot just barge in this earth and do something any more than the devil can just barge in and do something god needs our words to authorize him to act and the devil needs our words to give him access to act to, uh, to act we're the ones with authority and dominion here so the devil can't just barge in and God can't just barge in and do something. Uh, and as long as the devil can keep people deceived about this, it gives him an open door to continue to, to keep the curse working in their life. Verse 6 says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. So if hell can inspire you to say the wrong thing, then the Holy Spirit can inspire you to speak what's profitable and what's desirable. Verse 7, For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, Full of deadly poison now some people read this and they say well if you can't tame the tongue why bother I mean why are we even talking about this you know if it can't be tongue tamed that's not what he's saying he's saying there are some animals that man can tame but man you cannot tame somebody else's tongue I cannot tame your tongue you cannot tame my tongue, and we cannot tame somebody else's tongue. That's what he's saying. We can tame our own tongue, but we can't tame somebody else's tongue. And you might even put a knife or a gun up to somebody's throat, and, and they might say something under duress. You know, you could force them to say something. But that doesn't mean they believe it, and and when you walk out of the room, they're going to say what they want to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so you can't. You under duress, you might could force somebody to say something, but when you walk out, they're going to say what they want to say. And and so the first step is wanting to change your tongue. That's the first step. People have to want. to make this change. Verse 9, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? No, a a fountain uh, constantly produces the same water all the time. Uh, Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? No, a fig produces figs all the time, every time. Either a vine, figs. No, a vine produces grapes every time. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Now this is kind of a good example of what we would say, talking out of both sides of your mouth, you know. Uh, One minute the Israelites were praising God for his supernatural provision, and a few days later they were cursing Moses for their difficult circumstances. And, and uh, he goes on to say here, uh, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be. These, these things, one, one translation says, these things shouldn't be happening. So what should be coming out of our mouth? Blessing and cursing? No. Blessing is speaking what's good and what's true. It's the empowerment and the ability of God to succeed and increase and multiply. That's what it means to be blessed, to speak blessing. Cursing is not just profanity and four-letter words. It's speaking death and defeat and failure and decrease. And James is saying both of these should not be coming out of our mouth. The only thing that should be coming out of our mouth is blessing and more blessing. So we don't talk fear and worry and failure. So what, what would blessing sound like? Let's say this together. We're coming out. We're coming out. We're, coming We're uh, getting better this coming year, is going to be the best year I've ever experienced. More peace, more good health, more financial freedom, more opportunities to bless people. Amen. That's what blessing sounds like. Now, for some people, saying things like that irritates them. And as a matter of fact, this whole subject irritates them (laughs) because they're not doing it. That The people that that this irritates, you know, they say this having to watch, everything I say, that just that just is so legalistic and that just puts me in bondage. No, they're already in bondage and God through his word is trying to free them up. So This is one of the most important and powerful principles God has put at our disposal to bring blessing into our lives. And it's not complicated. The Bible is very simple. I'm not saying it's always easy, but it's simple. It's not complicated. The devil and people and religion have complicated it. And and all we have to do is watch what comes out of our mouth And our life can change, and we can start experiencing more of the goodness of God. Now, it's true, you will feel other things, and you'll see and hear and experience other things around you. But that doesn't mean you have to verbalize it. Uh, The reason that, that, that people are tempted and pressured, you know, to speak the problem and sickness and lack and all this... It's because there's spiritual forces operating. There's spiritual forces coming against us, trying to get us to say these things. And because the devil needs access to your mind and your mouth before he can get in your life and and bring in the curse. He can't just do anything he wants to and neither can God. God needs our words to bring health and blessing and life. What we say authorizes God to bring life and health and peace and blessing or it authorizes the devil to bring the curse in. And this is the way God set it up. I mean, people ridicule us, you know, in in, in the word of faith for believing this, but we didn't make it up. God set it up this way. And, And we don't argue with it. We just believe it. Uh. You know, if nobody ever yielded to the devil, it would be like there wasn't a devil. Mm-hmm. It would just be like he wasn't even here. Um, and if everybody yielded to God, life would be bliss. I mean, it, it would be like back to the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve ever ever goofed it up. But but as it is, that's not the case. You know, everybody's not yielding to God and every, and most people, or yielding to the devil in some way. Uh, Ephesians 4, 7 says, give no place to the devil. Give him no place. And so it requires some discipline and some spiritual maturity on our part to put a guard over our mouth and speak life and blessing only. We're, um, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We are citizens of another kingdom. It's kind of like we're aliens here, you know? Uh, we, 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 we are resident here, but we're not. Our citizenship is in another kingdom. And, and, and the kingdom of God, the language in that kingdom is faith. <laughs> faith is the language of the kingdom of God. It's blessing only and health only. So when you hear people around you saying other things that make you cringe... You know um that's a a foreign language to us they're they're speaking a foreign language they're speaking the language of this world, so we just act like you know uh we don't understand that language you know sorry, I don't speak that language you know um, so we we just you know if it's people that don't want to be corrected you know uh, have you ever heard somebody say something, you you know, you, you get some revelation and light in this area and you begin to become more sensitive about what you say, you also get more sensitive about what other people say. And when you walk in the store or the petrol station or whatever and you hear somebody say, or even at church or something, uh, you hear people say something that makes you cringe, and and you say don't say that and and they say say what what did what did i say I, I didn't say anything you know i i just said it like it is you know they don't they don't even understand that they're putting these spiritual laws into motion they they just think that's the the language it is the language of the world and they've picked it up and they don't even realize what they've done Amen. So let's turn to uh, Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. There are people that think we are extreme and we are in error, and it's because they don't understand spiritual laws. And sometimes people will say, yeah, I heard you You are into this confession stuff. Yes, it's true. We are into this confession stuff. And we are confessing and we are possessing. Amen? Yeah. And we're going to confess more and we're going to possess more and it's all good. And people will use derogatory remarks like, you're in the name it and claim it bunch and the blab it and grab it bunch and the health and wealth club and uh, you know yes amen and just well what club do you want to be in you know what I mean that's how simple it is what club do you want to be in and when they say things like this that lets you know right there they have no idea that what they're saying uh, that there's anything wrong with it. I mean, who are they mocking here? They're not mocking us. They're mocking God. That, that's who they're mocking. They're not making fun of us. I, I, they I had it said to me, "You need a crutch." I thought, "Well, no, I don't need a crutch. You do." <laughs> they need more than a crutch. <laughs> <laughs> they need a. They need Yeah, a, I need need a yeah. was going to say a wrecking yeah. wrecking crew or something. Ooh. Yeah, but uh, you know. They've just derided God, and either they don't know it or they don't care. But Jesus, the head of the church, says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, believes that what he says comes to pass, he will have whatever he says. Now Jesus, the head of the church, said that, I didn't say that. You know? And 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 the problem is people don't believe it. And if they believed it, they wouldn't be mocking God. There's there like I said there's only two groups on this earth. They're saved and there's unsaved. And there's name it and claim it group or there's do without it group. And I mean, you got to just choose which which group you want to be in. And to me, it, it's a no-brainer, you know. Uh, and I, it's really baffling how people can struggle with such a simple choice. It, it's, just, it's, just, uh, it's just baffling. Uh, you know, they, they say, well, I don't believe that. I just believe God is going to do whatever he wants to do. No, they, they don't think it really matters what they say, but does it matter what they say? Do we need to take this confession stuff seriously? Let's look at verse 20 here. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. So where does increase begin? In your lips, in your mouth. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't begin in your bank account. It begins in your, your mouth. Amen. The Expanded Bible says people will be rewarded for what they say. They will be rewarded by how they speak. So reward and increase doesn't just come from hard work or intelligence or going to the right school or knowing the right people. Uh, As a matter of fact, you know, sometimes there are hardworking people who never get ahead because they are undermining their hard work by saying the wrong things. And sometimes this is a problem. You know, they'll say something like, well, the economy's not looking good, and the government so-and-so, and and my company so-and-so, you know, I'll probably be the first one made redundant. That's death. That's that's cursing. James said don't speak blessing and cursing, speak blessing only. I mean, if your company's right in your paycheck, The last thing you want to do is bad mouth them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, You want them to keep going. You want them to flourish if you're going to keep working for them and they're going to keep paying you. You you know, we need to speak blessing over them. So by the fruit of your mouth and, and the lips of increase, that's how we're satisfied and filled up in life. The contemporary English version says, make your words good and you will be glad you did. The Good News translation says, you will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. Now that's pretty straight, isn't it? I, I don't see how people can complicate that. And this is not just an Old Testament principle. Jesus picked up on this in Matthew 12 when he said, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. And according to the disciples' uh, living New Testament, the word idle means non-productive, uh, non-working, non-edifying, unprofitable, and worthless. So basically, words that work against you instead of words that work for you are what we call idle words. They're unproductive. They're unprofitable. As a matter of fact, they're de- destructive. So, does it matter what we say? Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So, does the Word of God answer this question? Yes. Yes. How much does it matter? Life and death. (laughs) That's how much it matters. The New Century Version says, What you say can mean life or death. Those who speak with care will be rewarded. The Voice Translation says, Words have power in matters of life and death. So when people say, it doesn't matter what I say, what could be more important than this? I mean, you don't get much more important than this. Uh, You know, they, they just pull out things like, well, I just believe... The Lord wants me to have whatever he wants me to have and his ways are mysterious and and all this. And the problem is they're not believing the Bible. The Bible has been pushed aside and replaced with man-made ideas and traditions. That's the problem. People are not believing the Bible. And when the word reveals something to us that's contrary to something that we have previously been taught or we've grown up believing when when we see in the word that that's not true we need to change we don't need to just keep going bucking the system you know just running up against the word of God and just saying I don't believe that we we need to change let's write this down In, in order to have what God wants you to have You have to say what God says. In order to have what God wants you to have, you have to say what God says. Now, you might say, well, how do I talk about something without saying the wrong thing? Well, just change the way you say it. Watch out for phrases like, you know, I, I always have, and, and I get, and I can't, and, and everything always. Uh, unless you're going to speak a, a, a faith statement after that, watch for phrases like that. Instead of saying, I get leg cramps, Say, I have had leg cramps. And, and that's the truth. You, you've had them, but, but you're not prophesying them and you're not putting them out in your future. You're not prophesying leg cramps over you. You're putting them in the past. I don't care if it was five minutes ago you had a leg cramp. You say, I have had leg cramps. Watch out for, you know, I can't tolerate so-and-so, or so-and-so always does this to me. You're you're planning on it. You're you're prophesying it. If you say, I get low blood sugar, then you're releasing faith for that. Or, I have lactose intolerance. You're releasing faith for that. Uh, You know, every time we go on holiday, one of the kids gets sick. You're, You're prophesying that. So, so um, watch out for these phrases. Uh, if you say, I've had something, that's not going to affect your future. So if we believe the Bible, we've got to stop releasing death and pain and old and fear and failure by what we say. And that's what happened to Adam in the garden. As, as soon as they sinned, they lost the ability to speak words of life and blessing. Before then, that's, all, that's the only language they knew, was life and blessing. They didn't know anything about sickness. They didn't know anything about lack or anything. All they knew was, they didn't know anything about death. All they, all they knew how to speak was was life and blessing. And as soon as they disobeyed God and the sin moved in and the curse moved in, they lost the ability to speak, to put work, life in their words. And and um, and that's what happened. But but Jesus has restored us. Uh He's restored us, He's the last Adam. We're made in the likeness and image of God. We we're we are spirits just like Jesus. We have the same ability to speak words of life that He has. We just have to discipline ourselves uh to do it. So if you're gonna say every time Every time something happens, say, every time, every time that happens, things get better for me. You know, make, make it something profitable. I'm always in the right place at the right time. Now, when you're attacked by something, especially something that's sudden and unexpected, whether it's physical or financial, it's critical what you say about it. And it's especially critical, the first words that come out of your mouth. Now, that reminds me of when Greg got that phone call from the surgeon about midnight and said, "We are rushing your father to surgery, and he has a 50/50 chance to live." What's the first thing that came out of your mouth, Greg?) <coughs> yeah that's the first thing that came out of his mouth and right there is where you won that victory the first thing that came out of your mouth that's where you won that victory not when he survived the surgery not when he came out of icu not when he went home the first when when you told that doctor my father will live and he will walk out of this hospital in what was it about six weeks just yeah just and they most. had projected six months maybe in the hospital so that's where you won the victory right there and instead of having a funeral he has a testimony yeah. amen and the father. yeah and the father yeah praise God so we shouldn't act like unbelievers and just assume the worst and, and act like there's no God and lose control and start releasing death into the atmosphere in these situations. Now let's turn to Second Kings. And we'll look at a good example here. Second Kings 4. Verse 8. Second Kings four eight, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in there to eat bread. Now I'll give you a little background here, uh, foundation, to just kind of summarize what's happening here. Uh, We know this lady was a woman of, of affluence and wealth because it says she was a great woman. And in the Hebrew, that means great in every sense. High, noble, mighty, rich. So she found out the man of God came through her town frequently and she wanted to extend hospitality to him and to bless him in some way. So she discussed it with her husband and they decided to build an extension onto their house uh, and give him his own private living quarters so that when he was traveling and came their way, he could stay with them instead of having to go to a hotel. Uh, so they agreed to do that and Elisha stayed with them and he was you know, really touched by their hospitality and, and, and how they wanted to bless him so he he wanted to bless them in some way for all this that they had done for him. So uh he sent his servant and said go talk to the lady and uh you know find out how I could how I could bless her. You know, I could put in a a good word for her with the king uh if if she would like that. You know, uh just go talk to her and see what see what I could do to bless her. So the servant goes and talks to her. And says, you know, uh, Elisha would like to bless you in some way. Would, you know, would you like for him to put in a good word with you with the king? She said, Nah, not really, you know. Uh, And the servant said, well, you don't have any kids. Would you like to have kids? And that struck a note. And she thought that was just too good to be true. Because like 30 years or whatever and they'd never had kids. Well, the servant goes back to Elisha and says, I, I found out they, they've never had kids and they've always wanted kids. So Elisha says, call her to me. So the lady came and he prophesied to her, in nine months you are going to have a son. And she was, it was just like too good to be true. She, she really had difficulty taking it in. But nine months later, she had a son. So, let's pick up the story in verse 18. And it says, And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. So, when this boy got older, he went out to the field with his father, I guess to kind of supervise the work and the the harvest and everything. And in uh, verse 19, it says, And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat, her on, her, he, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. <clears throat> now, it doesn't tell us here exactly what happened to this boy. Uh, it sounds like it could have been a cerebral hemorrhage or a brain aneurysm or something like that. It doesn't tell us, but whatever it was, it was sudden and it was unexpected. I mean, one minute this boy is just out in the field with his father and clunk. He, he's on the ground, he's dead, well, almost dead, and he died in his mother's arms. Now, verse 21. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and walked out. So she put him in Elisha's room on his bed and walked out. And then this is what she did. (laughs) Henry... Could you have the chauffeur bring the car around? I need to go see the man of God. Yeah, I know today's not a holiday, and it's not the Sabbath. Don't worry, everything's all right. Everything's okay. Uh, you just, just bring the car around. Everything's okay. Bye. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the very first word that came out of her mouth. Everything's okay. All is well. It's going to be all right. Now, the first words that came out of her mouth in this crisis. All is well. Now actually in the Hebrew it says peace. Is actually what it is translated peace now everybody say first words words. now notice what she did not do oh my god oh my god oh my god what am I gonna do my my son I waited 30 years to have a son and now he's gone in one day God why did you let this happen to me I mean, I've done so-and-so, and and I've served you. Oh, no, what am I going to do? God, I didn't really need this today. No. No. This woman did not let one word of death or unbelief come out of her mouth. That's how this is how the world reacts, what I just did. That's how the world reacts. People that don't know God. And actually, oh my God, there is no faith in that. As a matter of fact, it's using the Lord's name in vain. That's the way the world reacts. Verse 24. The chauffeur brings the car around and she says, you drive this car 80 miles an hour all the way to Mount Carmel and you don't slow down unless I tell you to. So the chauffeur, 80 miles an hour to Mount Carmel where Elisha is. And Elisha's servant sees the car coming up the driveway, 80 miles an hour. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and and Gehazi says, "Here comes the Shunammite lady up the driveway. I wonder what she wants." And Elisha says, "Go out and find out what she wants." You know. And uh, verse twenty-six: Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, "Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband?" Is it well with the child? And what did she say? It is well. Notice she only said what he said. He said, is it well? She says, yeah, it's well. Is your husband well? Yeah. Is your son well? Yeah, he's well. Things are going well. <laughs> Not getting out of the car, slamming the door. You will never believe what kind of a day I have had today. Let me just tell you. You know that son you prayed, prophesied I would have? He just died about two hours ago. No. Not one word of death or unbelief has come out of her mouth. Now, do you think this woman is experiencing some feelings? Do you think she's tempted to break down and cry? Do you think every emotion in the book is pressing on her and tempting her to say wrong things, to speak death and unbelief? You know they are. You know every emotion in the book is coming on this lady. And this situation is hanging in the balance. Does it matter the words that are spoken in this conversation they're having? Yes. According to Proverbs 18, 21, it's a matter of life and death. In verse 27, Elisha picks up in his spirit that something has happened to the boy. And notice what he did not say. Yes, sister, I know that I prophesied that you would have this son, but, you know, God's ways are mysterious. Bless His holy name. And maybe God just needed another flower in heaven. You know, um, at the end of the day, God's going to do what He wants to do, and He's a God of affliction hogwash, religious hogwash. He did not let that come out of his mouth either. He hadn't let any death and unbelief come out of his mouth either. Is God going to do what he wants to do or is he going to do what you say? He's going to do what we say. And if you read the rest of this story, the boy is raised to life and instead of having a funeral they had a testimony so this miracle happening was it all up to god no, no. It wasn't all up to god the first words that came out of her mouth didn't make any difference to the outcome yeah Life and death difference. So when it's a bad situation, all the more reason somebody needs to be in faith, believing God. And you may be the only believer in your family, or you may be the only believer in your family that knows how to do this. And we need to be that person. Amen? Hallelujah. One more scripture. Uh, Isaiah 55. (coughs) Verse 10. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Now Ephesians uh, 5, 1 says, That we are to imitate God like little children imitate their parents. This is why, this is part of the foundation, the basis of confessing the word. We're imitating God like little children imitate their parents. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Let's read verse 11 together out loud. Let's read this like it's personal. Like this is our word. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. So like God, we're supposed to be sending our words to accomplish something. That's really what words are about. It's not just communicating how we feel and what we want. It's, it's about sending forth our words to accomplish something. That, that, that won't come back without results. That's what it means here. It shall not return to me void. That means it won't come back without results. Isn't this the same as Mark 11:23? Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say comes to pass, does not return void, but they shall have whatever they say. Uh, What about the centurion that came to Jesus? Lord, my servant is at home sick of the palsy. Jesus said, I'll come heal him. He said, no, that's not necessary. Just you don't have to come, just send your word. Just send your word and my servant will be healed. And that's what happens. We're supposed to be sending our words out. We want our words to carry authority and power and accomplish things just like when Jesus spoke. That's why we don't want to be speaking cursing one minute and blessing the next minute and speaking a bunch of idle words that we don't mean because we need to be able to have, to release power in our words when something comes up that we have to give that faith command you you need to know that what I say is going to come to pass and so that's why we got to, to cut off these idle words and tighten up our mouth and think before we speak. And use our words on purpose so that God can turn up the power in what we say. Amen? So uh, let's, we're, we're going to send some words out here. But at the same time, let's, uh, I think I'll incorporate this into um, our tithes and offerings. So I've got mine ready here. Um, I just handed out your little bookmark with what we want to declare. Some more words here. There comes. I've got. I'm going to put it up on the screen here. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're going to sing for some more words here over our tithes and offerings, amen? So let's stand up. I'm living in the overflow. I have a surplus of prosperity. I am blessed beyond measure. I am more than enough. I am furnished in abundance. My storehouses are full and overflowing. It's flood stage and my banks are overflowing. I receive it. I believe it. My bank account is overflowing. Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is pouring out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work.
1: We receive jobs or better jobs,
0: pay rises and bonuses, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, compensation, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer,
1: bills paid off,
0: debts demolished, royalties received and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, our lands, our houses, our vehicles, our equipment, and our airplanes. God is bringing into our hands seeds, even some great big water chunk seeds.
1: We command our harvest to come.
0: Harvest come to us now. Harvesting angels, Go get it and bring it to us. Right now, in Jesus' name, it is flood-staged and my banks are overflowing. Amen. And it will not return to us void. Amen. Yeah. Rosemary had a quick return, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I just say with interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I put it in. Amen. Oh, yes. Amen. I put it in and say with interest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the fruit of your lips increase. Yep. Amen. It's good to put it in with interest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. In. yeah. Oh. Bless, Bless you, Joshua. And and uh, came the first time we said it. Yeah. In the space of time of receiving what I got. Yeah. It was answered straight away. That was a yeah. Amen. Well, now, let's release some more words. My words are not empty. My words the words are not they're not vain, they're not, vain. They're, not they're not powerless but the words that come out of my mouth don't return void they accomplish what I send them to do they prosper and affect what they are sent to do, sent to do. thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Now, Father forgive, Father, forgive me for using my words foolishly, for using my words foolishly idly or lazily, not believing and doing what you said concerning my mouth. I ask you to set a watch at the door of my mouth. At the door of my mouth. Alert me so that I don't say wrong words. Remind me and show me what to say and how to say it. I purpose not to ignore it, but to receive it and do it. To and, and honor you with my words, with my words. Amen. amen so starting right now leaving this room the rest of today tomorrow speak blessing over your life speak blessing over your kids tell them how God, smart God is making them tell them how strong they are amen hallelujah hallelujah Speak blessing over your business, your job, your body, your bank account. And you know what to do with your bills, don't you? Yeah. Bills, you're not hanging around here any longer. You're on the way out. Amen? Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every, everybody say, all is well. All all is well. Everything's going to be all right. Everything going to be all right. Amen.